Welcome to the Jacksonville First Seventh-day Adventist Church Podcast, where we listen, learn, and love together. Our speaker today is Pastor Jonathan Panado. Dr. David Benner recounts the story of a girl named Amanda. And he writes this. Amanda was 15 when she was referred to see me after a serious suicidal attempt. It was her third suicide in as many months, each becoming more serious. The first had occurred just after her boyfriend hung himself. She had found his body and made a vow that she would join him in death. When I first met her in the waiting room, Amanda was dressed head to toe in black. Large black circles painted around her eyes. Her face and her ears were riddled with studs and rings. She wore a dog collar and a tag. The collar was attached to her waist with a conspicuous industrial grade chain. Chains also dangled from the epaulets of her black trench coat. The uniform was that of a goth. A role prized by angry young people because of its enormous potential to shock. Amanda didn't acknowledge my presence when I introduced myself, but she did get up and follow me to the office. A woman sitting beside her also came into my office, and there she introduced herself as Amanda's mother. Turning to Amanda, I asked if she was willing to have her mother accompany her for this consultation, and she said that her mother was her best friend, and that she was there because her mother had invited her. Dr. Benner notes that he was intrigued by this because young people like Amanda are not often best friends with their parents. But he says that the affection between them was clear, and and yet he also sensed that her mother disapproved of her activity. And so he asked Amanda, what is the bond that has allowed you to remain close to your mother. And Amanda replied, For as long as I can remember, every night of my life, I end the day by getting in bed with my mother and snuggling. Amanda knew that she was deeply loved just exactly as she was. Her mother disapproved of her drug use. Her mother disapproved of her promiscuous sex. Her mother disapproved of her astoundingly profane language. Her mother disapproved of her satanic practices. Her mother disapproved of most every aspect of her lifestyle, and yet she did not allow her disapproval of her daughter's behavior interrupt the love that she had for her. 
Dr. Benner says it was this unique relationship with her mother that was largely responsible for the fact that Amanda has now left that dark period behind and is now finding her way through adolescence in a relatively healthy manner. Amanda's mother offered a truly transforming love. Transforming because it could not be received without profound psychological and spiritual impact. You see, the key to spiritual transformation is meeting God. As Amanda met her mother in total and complete honesty and vulnerability. But ironically, our natural inclination is to bring our most presentable parts of ourself to the encounter with God. But God wants us to bring our whole self to the divine encounter. He wants us to trust Him enough to meet perfect love and vulnerability of our shame and in the weakness of our sin. Tragically, however, most of us have large tracts of our inner world that are excluded from God's transforming love and friendship. And as a result, this limits our transformation and our Christian growth. It's like going to the doctor for a checkup and denying any problems. Focusing only on the parts of ourselves that are most healthy. Jesus said, I did not come to to heal the healthy. The healthy have no need for a doctor. I have come to save the sick and the sinful. Jesus shared a parable about a banquet that perhaps helps illustrate this process of meeting God In our places of vulnerability. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus compares the kingdom of God to to a great feast. Many people are invited, but all make excuses for not coming. And so at the last minute, the host sends his servants out into the streets and into the alleys of the town, telling them, bring the poor, bring the crippled, bring the blind, and bring the lame. And he makes a special place for them at his feast. And so we who are here this morning, we who are here this morning to partake of the divine banquet of his body and blood, It is we who are those poor. It is we who are those crippled. It is we who are those blind and lame and have accepted the invitation of Jesus. And so tell me, then why? Why do we often act and pretend as if we're somehow beyond the need of a Savior? Beyond the need of grace, beyond the need of forgiveness, beyond the need of mercy, beyond the need of fellowship in the church. Revelation says, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. I don't know about you, but I 
Nee, Jesus. I need to be here this morning. I need to be at this banquet table. I need to eat of the bread symbol of his body and drink of the wine symbol of his blood. I am poor. I am crippled. I am blind. I am lame. And I need Jesus. Perhaps even changing the illustration a bit. We can think of Christ as presiding over a banquet at the deep center of our being. In Revelation, Jesus says, Behold, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into them and I will dine with them and I will sup with them. And his invitation to us is to search out the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame aspects of our inner self and bring them to his feast of love. There he stands ready to embrace them with love and welcome them into the family of self that he is slowly weaving together in the ongoing of transformation of our life. What a shame, therefore, when we turn up at that banquet with our most spiritual parts of self, leaving the other parts that really need healing. And transformation, leaving them hidden in the darkness of our death. Transformation only occurs when we bring all parts of ourselves into the banquet of love provided by our divine host. Our fearful, angry, and wounded parts of self can never be healed unless they are exposed to divine love. This is why we must meet God's love in our vulnerability and in our brokenness. And not only in our strength and togetherness. Only as we do so can our damaged and infirm parts of self be exposed to transforming love. But as we expose ourselves to transforming love. We must also be sure that we stay long enough in his loving presence. There is nothing like the presence of Lord. There is nothing like the presence of the Lord. We must also be sure that we stay long enough in his loving presence to allow our shame to begin to melt away. For love to transform, not only must we meet in vulnerability, we must also linger long enough for it to penetrate our woundedness. Snuggling keeps us in contact with love long enough that it has that effect. This podcast is brought to you by the Jacksonville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. Connect with them at www.jaxsda.org or on Facebook and YouTube. We look forward to sharing more inspiring messages with you.